Hello and welcome, I'm Alexander. And I'm Simon. We're still knee deep in tech and this is episode 22. Yeah. One of a very special episode. The most special episode as of yet, perhaps. It is? Could be. Why is that? Because we have a friend among us today. We have a friend, they say. Some say. He, Some he say. might be friendly someday. <laughs> he might be friendly someday, which is a very good point. He is, after all, from Finland and he is the, the epic... Tony Holopainen, and he's back. Yeah, the residential Finn. Welcome. <laughs> the res- residential Finn. <laughs> we just might have the name of this episode. <laughs> and it wasn't me. No, for once. Yeah. Okay, well, so who wants to, to go first? Uh, I, I can start off with asking Tony, what are your expectations for Microsoft Ignite? Mm. Ooh, you're going out strong, right? <laughs> um, my expectations are pretty much the same as the previous years. I'm hoping to... Uh, network a lot. I'm hoping to receive lots of news regarding Windows Server, the coming version, uh, whatever they will call it. Um, Also new Azure stuff, looking forward to hearing all about the latest and greatest. And that's pretty much my focus areas, I suppose. Anything in particular that you know or may know about will be released? Well, we pretty much have it confirmed that the new server uh, version will be released during Ignite. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember. Was it 1703 or something, the build number? I think. 1709. 1709 even, okay. So looking very much forward to hearing about the news in that one. Um, should match the Windows 10 uh, build cycle, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, and Windows 10 has also been confirmed for the fall creators update, right? Yeah. For October 10? 17. 17. Yeah. Okay, sure. So, yeah, looking forward to uh, checking out the news on those two products as well. And they will apparently nuke the poor nano server. Um, well, not nuke it completely, but they are de- uh, removing the infrastructure support from it. So you can't uh, run VMs on it anymore in the future. It will only be for containers. Yeah. And how does that make you feel? Because you have you actually have been working with Nano Server. Um, yeah, a little bit, um, and I thought it was a very good uh, product uh, when they released it. It was a very uh, interesting product as well, uh, considering the footprint and uh, the lightness of it. Uh, yeah. So I'm k- kind of a sad to see it go, uh, but then again, you will still have the core option, which is uh, plenty good as well. And they are making Server Core lighter, right? The footprint should be smaller. Uh, yeah. Compared to previous Yeah, releases. I haven't really heard much of that, but uh, yeah, I've heard some rumors regarding that as well. Yeah. But then again, the core edition is fully featured. Yeah. Um, unlike Nano Server. Yeah. Very interesting. And uh, I'd like to touch on, on Ignite from another perspective. You said you were going to network a lot. Yeah. So how do, how do you rate Ignite as a conference for networking and finding new people to talk to and, and very good, very good actually. It's okay. it's fairly easy just to grab someone and uh, just have a discussion on some technologies or whatever it might be. And also, all the partners will be at the expo floor, mm. uh, very uh, readily available for uh, guests uh, who are uh, attending the conference. Yeah, and we actually have we have two colleagues with us from our office, and one of them asked me today, "Are the expo people good?" And that must be one of the best things with Ignite. The best people in the business will be there. Yeah, and also so, a lot of the, you know the product groups uh, yeah. who actually make the products are also available there. Yeah. 
Yeah, I was a bit surprised actually. Last year when I went there with you guys, it was my first Ignite and I um, was strolling through the, uh, the Microsoft part where they had people from the, the product teams. And I pretty much uh, tricked over Kevin Farley and he's the uh, high availability guy for SQL Server and has been since ages. So he's highly available then. He's very, <laughs> very highly available. You didn't just do that. I did. Okay. I'm so proud of myself. Very well played, sir. Thank you. Yeah, and this year they have also announced, just I think I saw it yesterday, that the Azure Active Directory people will also be uh, at the Microsoft booth this year. Yeah, nice. All your uh, Azure Active Directory questions or identity questions. And it's happening a lot around Azure AD. It is indeed. Um, I just saw uh, something about managed identity. I yep. didn't read it as thoroughly as I, I perhaps should have, but it was more geared toward developers. Yeah. Twitter is alive with stuff from Azure AD, and I, I'm very much looking forward to seeing more and more stuff from Azure AD. Yeah. So, well, time for some Power BI. It is time for some Power BI, and I came across a very, very interesting blog post by Javier Guyen. I think that's the, the correct way to pronounce it. And it talks about hidden costs of self-service BI. And since self-service BI has been touted as pretty much the best thing since um, sliced bread, so to speak, it kind of caught my eye. And the whole idea is that, well, it might not necessarily be such a great thing to give everyone and their dog access to, to BI stuff. And he lays it out very, very easily and very distinctly. And quite a few things, I'm, I'm just go through them quickly. And, and the first thing is redundancy. It's very likely that if you give more people access to BI tools, they're going to create redundant data sets. And redundancy is usually a bad thing in data since it eats up storage and it necessitates more places to, to change data and so on and so forth. So very, very bad idea in general. There's also the risk of competing solutions where some guys champion, I don't know, Power BI. Some guys say ClickView is the best and well, there you have it, already two competing products. And since there will always be people with ego, there will always be people having a... Um, a preferred an, solution. I, I was about to say emotional investment. Yeah. And that by, by, ne <clears throat> by necessity leads to drama. And it just keeps on going. Inaccurate reports. If you have... Plenty of people doing stuff, and not everyone is as skilled as creating the, the reports as perhaps they should be. This would probably lead to inaccurate reports, uh, lack of testing, inaccurate data. And there's an interesting misconception with big data that with big data comes better, better decisions. But big data can also be a huge amount of crap data. Yep. And it's the same thing with these BI solutions. Just because they look pretty doesn't necessarily mean that they are correct. And if you start handing out these possibilities to people, you might start losing control. Then we have the performance issues. Of course, by design, uh, BI stuff is very heavy. 
and having eight people doing the things that perhaps one should might be a bit of an issue. License allocation and ownership. Who owns this? If something goes wrong, who is, I was to say, who is to blame mm-hmm. or who can fix it? And considering that nobody owns the stuff, how do you go into see usage analysis? Who is actually using it? Is there anything that needs to change? And this comes to the final point, lifecycle management. Nothing is static, especially not today. And BI is pretty much on the forefront. It has moved from being very static, perhaps something that's updated every week or every day, to almost zero time lag. That means that you need to be able to quickly change reports, quickly change dashboards to suit whatever business needs rise. And if nobody owns it and there is no lifecycle management, well, you're screwed. Yeah. And, and this is something we have been dealing with from a client perspective for years. Yes. Self-service of applications, solutions, and even in the data centers with virtualization, when people were able to create a server for fun and play, basically. Yeah, it, it was it was known as the server sprawl. Yeah. And we are looking at pretty much the same thing in, in BI. But for some reason, there is usually a watertight wall between the different um, areas. So it would surprise me a lot if BI people actually came up with the idea to talk to you guys that has already seen and been through this specific issue. So that's something for, for the future. You're not alone. Nope. So how do you combat this? Well, auditability. You need to be able to see who's using what and avoid being surprised when something appears. Is that something that's available in, for example, Power BI today? The ability to see what how people are using the service? Yes, very, very much so. Yep. It is very easy and it just keeps getting better. That's a very nice feature, but it's only applicable to Power BI. Yep. Say if someone decides to put in ClickView or Hypergene or whatever, you won't be able to see that from Power BI. So yep, you need to be able to keep an eye on your whole environment to track people's creative use of BI solutions. Then you have training. Most people know Excel and you can do a lot of damage with Excel. I've seen it and it's, yeah, it's not pretty. But not very many people realize the consequences of their actions with regards to BI and and self-service BI. So just by training people, you might actually get them to gain some insight and see, okay, this might not necessarily be the best way to do things. I can talk to this guy, we can do this or whatever. Then of course you need to look at requirements and not create too wide reports. One report that tries to do everything that usually never works. And of course lifecycle and and process management as well. And think of it, nothing of this is technical. No. This is just people, philosophy. And as always, the technical side is easy. The people are people. People. <laughs> yes, people are people. That's usually the case. Yeah. There are, however, cases where it's not the case. That was very deep. I know. Okay. Moving on. Moving on. 
this week or the week since the last episode, we actually have had at least two new Windows Insider builds. Ooh, surprise. That was with news. Yeah, with new features. Hello. This close to release. Okay. So we actually got to see this continue on another device, pick up where you left between PC, iOS, and Android. So you can basically start browsing a web page on your mobile device, ask Cortana to remember it, and continue browsing the same web page on the same spot at your PC. Wow. Yeah. That, that's pretty interesting. I think I've even seen some uh, Microsoft material on that, actually. Yeah. Like a video or something. Yeah, they, they had a lot. Was it like from last year's Ignite or something? No, this year's Build. Build, okay. Yeah, so they had a lot of demos where they actually had the same thing that you get in a way on the Apple platform. Yeah, the, the so-called handoff. But yeah. handoff is only between iOS and yeah. Mac OS. And in this case, you actually can browse the same page cross-platform. Very interesting. And of course, some new fixes and so on. I believe they actually broke Surface Pro 3s this week and then they fixed them again. Huh? Some kind of driver issue oh that's yeah, novel yeah. wouldn't be a first time either no i was just about to say <laughs> that that's it, it's been known to happen especially to the surface three and four yep lines exactly and we also got cross-platform minecraft and real cross-platform minecraft so you can play minecraft on your xbox your pc your android your ios phone and share the same world i'll i'll let you know the secret here guys i've never played minecraft I haven't yeah, either. <laughs> neither have I. Good. So I was just about to say, and, and here is the crowd not giving a single. <clears throat> about but but that it's news. it's it's shows that it's possible to do platform stuff in a very good way. That's that's a good point. Um, I've seen uh, some of the uh, discussions about cross-platform gaming when it comes yep. to the PlayStation and the Xbox. Yep, and PC. And PC, yes. And it turns out that Microsoft says, sure, come yep, on, go ahead. go ahead. It's Sony's fault. And Sony says, no, no. <laughs> not interested. No, no, not invented here. Go away. And that's, I'd be very interested to hear the uh, the reasons and the, the thinking. And I'm, of course, it's money. But how do you justify locking people in that way? I guess it's uh, to do with the platform exclusive titles. Sure, but it doesn't... Uh, mean that the, the titles that are not platform exclusive should not be able to nope, do this. of course. And moving back to the enterprise stuff. But Minecraft <laughs> actually is in a way because Minecraft uh, are actually included in the Microsoft 365 licensing for education. Yep. Or will probably be at least. Apparently Minecraft is a very powerful tool for teaching. Teaching and coding now oh, as right. well. Nice. Yeah. It's, it's great stuff. Cool. Well, uh, as I've said more than once, I don't need to understand it to, to like it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it's a Swedish guy who built a, a company as well. Yep. The Notch, Marcus Eriksson. Yeah. yeah. He's uh, quite a character. Yeah, yeah. considering the, the uh, size <laughs> of his wallet, he, he's entitled to. Yeah. Yeah, living the big life over in LA, I think. Yeah, I think so. Uh, he is having some quite interesting Twitter discussions from time to time as well. With? People. Oh. In general. Ah. <laughs> on 
the most odd things. There you go. So, handing over to our tame Finn again. Yes, and he's so, back. And <laughs> he's been here all the time. He's just doing the finished thing and remains silent. <clears throat> Stoic. Yeah, instead yeah. of bullshit, you keep your mouth shut. <laughs> um, so, what, 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 going back to Ignite, what's your plans? Uh, well, I'm happy to report that I will be doing an interview with our close friend Andy uh, from Altaro Software oh, regarding nice. Microsoft certification and learning. The the Hyper-V guy? Yeah. Oh, nice. He's, he's very nice. Yeah. Simon just uh, told us that the worst quality with him is that he's so nice. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. It's, it's impossible not to like him. That's the yeah. only bad thing about Andy. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, so yeah, uh, we had a little discussion here earlier in the week that uh, we should maybe do um, a little interview of sorts. Yeah. So we'll just have to uh, find a time slot that works for us. Yeah, sounds so great. And that, that, and that should be interesting. Yeah, and that will also be a great way to introduce your new new MCT title. Yep, and also uh, actually have the first uh, uh, teaching. Yeah, your first class so, yeah, after, first class, after yeah. Ignite, right? Yeah, I think so. I think it's uh, somewhere late October or something. Yeah. Cool. Well, so, what are you going to teach? It will be uh, Server 2016 Basics, pretty much. So yeah. it's the 410. Oh, yeah. The, the 410 is... is no, the, the sorry, 7... 710. Yeah, uh, 740. 740? <laughs> yeah, it's 740 yeah, for okay. the new 2016 series, right? Yeah. Okay, so that's, that's the equivalent of the 410 for 2012. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Hence the confusion. <laughs> yes, but it is the, it's a basic one, you know, installing, configuring, upgrading, uh, and just touching lightly on those uh, areas. The so, usual. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. How many students? Uh, I think it's around ten. Yep. Ten students. That's that's very nice to to start with. It's a good good sized class. Mm. And we also have the MCT day, of course. Yeah. Oh, Saturday. I'm so sad to miss that. Yeah. Very much looking forward to that one. Yeah, it we will be a big crowd this year as well. As it seems, it was great last year. It was indeed. Yeah. And it will be nice to meet new and old friends again. Absolutely. Well, speaking of teaching, I'll be doing a, a somewhat special course next week. You will. Yes. <laughs> for sure. So picture this. Two people. Yeah. Three days. Material taken from three and a half courses. Pretty much taking these courses, put them in the blender and out pours this course. So it's a very much a crash course on a SQL Server, both from a developer perspective, doing some SQL, T-SQL stuff, some things about administration, and then finally the Power BI stuff. So it's, it's going to be interesting. And considering it's just two people, it's going to be very high-paced. It'll be nice. Yeah. But only two people? That sounds like a very small amount. It is It is only two people. It was... Um, the thing is, they have a solution based on Power BI. And they are going to take that solution that was created outside of the, the walls, so to speak, okay. and take it inside. So these guys are the, the pilots. They're going to need the, the bare minimum knowledge to handle the solution. And then they are going to train up more people in the future. Okay. So there is actually no uh, minimum number of students uh, that you must have in order no. to do a course. No, no, no. Okay. Sure. You can do one <coughs> if, cool. you, if you like. And it, of course, it's uh, it's a weird thing just teaching for two people. 
since it's very intimate and your timing is going to be way off. That's the reason that I will be able to cram so much information into these three days. Since it's, it should be three times five plus three days. Okay. And of course, I won't be doing everything since they probably explode, which is bad <laughs> for return customers. And yeah, we're, we're going to be fairly tired always. And you guys are leaving tomorrow? Yeah, Friday, tomorrow. Friday. Yes. Correct. When's your, when's your flight? Uh, I think it's like 2 p.m. or something from uh, Stockholm. Okay, so it could be worse. Uh, yeah, uh, Simon has it way worse. Uh, he has a, like a layover in, I think he said Chicago or something, like six, eight hours or something. <laughs> so even though he is actually, I think he's departing sooner than us, he will arrive later. Oh, that's nice. That's so, always a, a great sign. Yeah, so we are flying over Iceland this time, um, just for a quick change over in Reykjavik. So are you going to change aircraft in Reykjavik or are they just going to refuel? Oh, good question. I don't know, actually. I haven't thought of it. It should say something on the ticket, I suppose. It should. I'm, I'm, I just, I'm wary of switching aircraft in the US, since my, my body usually switches to the right aircraft, but not necessarily my luggage. <laughs> Been there, done that. Yes. <laughs> so I usually go from Linköping, which means that I will be flying out at 6 a.m. Yay. And going to Amsterdam. Yeah. Speaking of, of, of the trips, I'm going to Japan in a couple of weeks. That's going to be nice. Two yeah. weeks in Japan, vacation, and I will not be thinking of anything technical. Sounds about right. Said no one ever. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to work out anyways. Okay, so, oh yeah, um, I came across something interesting the other day. I went to um, um, a city south of here to do an upgrade of an old Oracle system. The thing is that Oracle 11.2 was released in 2013. Okay. And that's still the main Oracle version that I come across. Oracle 12, it was released, oh, I don't know, a couple of years later. But it kind of hasn't catched on in most cases. And that's a testament to Oracle's stability. It's boring and it's stable and it just works, which is a good thing. Right. So in this case, it was an upgrade from 11.1 to 11.2, and it doesn't sound that bad, but it is a lot of work. And nothing, nothing is easy in Oracle. Okay. Everything is insanely and unnecessarily difficult. But that's not the issue here. It turns out that when we did our pre-upgrade checklists, we found block corruption. That is usually a very, very bad sign. And in this case, it was corruption that had not shown its face on the backups. Okay. And maybe they'd be able to restore a backup. It's not necessarily. So in this case, it was a very good thing that we, we did a full check DB, so to speak. And it just checked out the, the data blocks. It turns out that in, in Oracle, you usually don't do a physical check of your backups. Okay. And that would be un unfortunate. Yeah, so is there any specific reason for that? Um, it's a very good question. In SQL Server, we always do a check DB. And it's best practice to do it once a week or something like that. But in Oracle, um, for some reason, no. It's usually not done. 
maybe offline or on the data files, but no, usually not. So that's that's something to take with me for future upgrades and, and future Oracle related stuff. Always keep in mind that the more data you have, the larger the footprint on the disks and the bigger risk for block corruption. <clears throat> okay. So what's going on even more in the future? You're going for Ignite or going to anything else this year? Uh, no, I don't have anything booked as of yet, at least. You're not going up to Tech Days? Uh, no. Okay. I thought that uh, going to Ignite should be enough. So tech... Should be enough. Yeah, because mm. I consider Tech Days to be like, you know, uh, Ignite uh, microscopic edition in Sweden somewhere. That is that is true. So um, it's pretty much uh, much of the same, only on a much uh, smaller scale. Much smaller scale, indeed. But in, in our case, we're going up to um, Network. Oh, okay. We're going to talk to a couple of friends who's also going to uh, to give a talk up there. Simon's going to talk. I'm not. I'm bitter. But that's usually the case. <laughs> yep. And then also we have the IT thing, uh, the IT arena. That's true. That's true. So um, that would be even a smaller size from tech days, I suppose. Yes. And even way, even more scaled down. True, but it's also a very nice event with lots of uh, interesting customers. And yeah, clients. absolutely, absolutely. So that, that's so. that's great. And so speaking of, of um, events, I just sent in a couple of abstracts to SQL Saturday in Iceland in March. Cool. And I'm waiting for SQL Saturday in Vienna in, I think it's January. And then, of course, we have SQL Bits, which is pretty much the European version of the PASS Summit. It's going to be in London in February, I think. Sounds like you SQL guys really like to conference. We love it. <laughs> and I mean, conferencing, we do it like boss. <laughs> yeah. And of course, you have the SQL Saturdays in the US. In Sweden, we'd be happy to have 150 people. I'm going to SQL Saturday in, in Gothenburg this Saturday, actually. Mm, okay. And in the US, I've seen SQL Saturdays with 500, 600, 800 people, which is huge. I mean, that's a, a fairly sized conference in, in itself. Yeah. And these are free events, as in completely free. Nobody gets paid. Everything is done by... Community. By the community. By the community for the community. So sponsors are pretty much footing the bill. And it's, it's a great opportunity. It is lots of good training and people come from all over. I mean, in Gothenburg, we're going to have Americans. We're going to have Germans, um, Swedes, of course, uh, Brits, I think. Um, pretty much people from everywhere. Sounds pretty cool. It also, the Iceland cool. thing sounds very cool. Iceland sounds very cool. I've never been to Iceland. No, neither have I, but I have uh, thought about it uh, as a vacation spot. Mm -hmm. So hopefully next year or something. We'll see. That would be interesting. And I was considering going. Then there was a bit of a debacle with a, a small volcano. Oh, okay. It kind of uh, redrew the whole aircraft <laughs> landscape for a while. Yeah, I remember that. A few, a few years ago, right? Yeah, what yeah. a mess. What a mess. Okay, uh, Simon had to step out. So I think we could pretty much wrap this up. And it was very nice talking to you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Always great to have you back. And 
you guys see you next week. Have a good one. Bye.